0: Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. So today I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Um, One is family. The idea of family, the concept of family and how that has shifted so much over time from my grandparents' generation, to my parents, to mine, and who we view as family. So, as I've talked about before, I, I don't hide the fact that I have a difficult, strained, um, frustrating relationship with my family, which consists of just my mother and father. And I still talk to my dad almost every day. Um, Now it's a little bit more depending on my work schedule when I call. But I still try to call multiple times a week. And they're actually driving home from Florida as we speak. But in addition to that family, I have my partner's family who has welcomed me into their lives with open arms in ways that I cannot cannot be thankful enough for. From parents to siblings to nieces and nephews, I've just been a part of the family for over 21 years at this point. We lost Deb, In March of 2009, suddenly by a heart attack, which was just a horrible shock, a terrible loss, um, and really flipped our worlds upside down. And then we lost grandparents, um, and then an aunt most recently. And it became just my sister-in-law and us. Um, My partner and her sister have an amazing relationship. They are constantly on the phone talking about everything. Um, And very close. Separated by 1,600 miles or whatever it is from here to Texas. And just a, a great relationship. So this last week, we were getting ready to have three days off together and we were going to do some bird stuff, bird nerd stuff, totally. Um, we had just joked about, I work at home all week this week, so... I need to somehow leave the house so that way she can have some time without me, which is understandable at this point. And just kind of what our plans were and how we were, you know, going to go through the day. And Thursday night everything kind of flipped upside down. And uh Jess who lives down in Houston had said she was in a lot of pain and was actually going to the ER, which was kind of shocking because she's not the type that actually goes to the ER. Um, She's always working and always taking care of everybody else and she just doesn't really take time for herself. So I was kind of surprised, but then I also knew, wow, she must really not be feeling well. And We were getting reports throughout the night of, you know, like going for this scan, going for that ultrasound, going for this thing, just had blood work, that kind of stuff. And it was about 1130 on Thursday night that we got a phone call. Um, It was hard to understand her through the tears, but she had told us that she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And uh, rightfully so, very upset, um, very emotional, and just kind of left with, I'll talk to you tomorrow. So, as luck would have it, my partner had, um, Just based on her job, she works like four days in a row, has three days off, works five days in a row, has two days off, that kind of thing. And it rotates. So she had four days and then she was going to have three weeks off or two weeks off or something. And we had been planning all the adventures she was going to take one of our dogs and go off and do. And after that phone call on Thursday night, she looked at me and she said, I want to go to Texas. So the next morning, we started gathering a plan. Um, I got up early, as I always do, and I started looking at plane tickets, which are slightly astronomical at the moment. And typically, we only fly southwest. They have to be nonstop flights. Um, She has an issue with flying. And... I started to realize that this was going to be a very expensive, you know, how, how long do you book the, the trip for? When do you need to fly out? If it's going to be, if you're going to fly out on Sunday, I can bring you to somewhere, but starting Monday I have to work. And so, you know, all these things were going through my mind. And I said, you know, at, at my job, if something happens Or if something were to happen to my parents, I could get up to, I think it's like four weeks to be able to go care for them and do what I need to do, essentially. So I said, Why don't you check with your work? See if there's an option, if there's something that you can do. Um, Because I could just tell that, you know, she had three days off and then had to work four days. So it would be a week, essentially, before she would be able to go somewhere. And I knew that was just going to be difficult for her. Uh, And because knowing how these things typically work, I knew this week was going to be appointments. And they were going to be important appointments that she would want to be a part of. So thankfully, her work was like, yes, you can use your sick time to cover those couple of days. Um... And then, you know, your vacation time starts. So essentially, she has just over three weeks. And within 12 hours-ish of getting that phone call, I had her car loaded up and snacks in the seat and watched her drive away to Texas. That means I'm probably on my own for about the next two to three weeks, most likely. Uh, Two weeks is going to be my... My guess at this point, knowing what I know now, simply because the appointments start tomorrow, and she made it down yesterday, so they were able to have uh, half a day yesterday and then all day today to kind of relax, prepare. Um, you know, get their head wrapped around what this week is going to look like. Uh, Tomorrow's a virtual appointment, followed by in-person appointments on Wednesday and Thursday. And we still need to get an idea of stage and grade of the cancer. Um, I've seen the radiology reports at this point, and, you know, that's all we know. So there's so much unknown. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where it just reminds you of what is important. Um, you know, is it worth your hour and a half drive to and from work every day, sometimes two hours each way to constantly be overworked, underpaid at your job? to waste your life doing those kind of things when you don't have time to do all the other things because you feel like there's always going to be time. Jess is 45 years old, 46. She's a year older than me. She's 46. And, you know, it, she could have less life than she realizes. And yes, I know we are all dying a little bit every day. And you never know when you're in your car. You never know when it's your time. So you should live each day as if it's your, your last. I, I get that. You know, and again, that juxtaposition of life where my heart is broken on that side and then on the other side, My best friend is welcoming her first child. Um, Should be any moment now. He was due today. And what an amazing experience they are having. That they're bringing life into this world. You know, and I, I couldn't be happier for them. I am so excited for them. And part of me... You know, she's, she's my family to me. She's my family of choice. Um, but, you know, how two families' lives are completely changing right now. So it's interesting. And I hope we get at least a fighting chance for Jess. I hope we get some hope. And guaranteed, if she loses her hair, which is going to be hard for her, um, you know, I had to chuckle kind of in the back of my head because, you know, she's, she is beautiful. She is just dropped at gorgeous and has amazing hair. She always has. And I'm like, <laughs> if she ends up having to lose her hair. You know, like for me, I wear my hair short now. Um, hair is just hair. I'll cut it off tomorrow. It'll grow back. It's not a big deal that's not a part of my, my persona, my identity. It's not part of who I am. Um, you know, but I wonder how someone like Jess is going to react. Um, if that does happen for her, I don't know what her course of treatment will be, so we don't know, but it's just something to, to think of. Um, you know, as, as she moves through these stages, if that's going to be something, if she has chemo and and that's one of the side effects of that chemo. But family is so interesting. It's watching my partner and her sister. You know, I didn't get to grow up with my brother, so I don't have that same connection um every day I wish I did but for cases like this there's a small part of me that is somewhat glad that I don't have that same relationship because I don't want to go through this as a sibling. Um and I know that's selfish and I know it's you know you you take what comes and you deal with it and if something like that happened to them, I would be there as well um, and I, you know i'll I'll be honest, there are days that I think you know if if something happened to me, who would be there? Would anybody you know would there be anybody that would drop everything and drive twenty six hours to me? I don't know. Um, so that's just kind of on my mind. And since I am by myself and I'm working at home, so I have no physical contact with people right now, (laughs) you guys are my only sounding board at the moment. So, uh, you're all I've got. And so that's, that's why we're here. So, also because I am by myself and, um, I get control of the remote control. If you are married or in a significant relationship with someone, you totally understand that comment. I get to pick and choose what I want to watch. (laughs) It's a small thing, but it's one I'll take. And this weekend I was on a roll with Disney. Um, And so I watched two movies that have been on my list that I've just never actually watched before. And one was Mulan, the live action version that I ranted and raved, well, ranted about with Disney uh, previously. Um, And the other one was Raya and the Last Dragon. And I must say that that was a good um, choice. I absolutely loved Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, I think it's on, I've got it running in the background right now. I think it's on for like the fourth time since I've seen it. It made me laugh. It made me cry. It, it was just really cute. It was really good. And I'm glad that I finally got around to watching it. So I figured, you know, Hey, let's talk about this for a few minutes. Um, and if you've seen it, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I didn't realize that this was the first animated film that Disney had done featuring Southeast Asian communities Uh, in this. This movie was sort of a mash of a, of a bunch of different uh, countries in Southeast Asia and they, they use them as the different groups that, um, that Rhea encounters. So, it was so fascinating to watch the different fighting styles, to watch the different weapons being used. Um, I adored Tuk Tuk. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. And Sandra O oh was also a voice of one of the characters. So, I mean, how could I not love this movie? Um, so as far as cast goes, let's kind of go through a couple. Um, I Some of the... Uh, actors I do recognize as people that I know I've seen I just can't necessarily put my finger on who they are. Uh, Kelly Kelly Marie tron fell in love with her in Star Wars. Absolutely adore her. She is hilarious. She had a great Instagram, but um, was harassed and bullied so much by people that she eventually shut it down, which I think is really sad. She definitely has, um, she has a voice to use and I, I wish she had the platform to use it. Uh, Aquafina also played Susu. Uh, now I know I recognize the name, but I think I'm showing my age now. I don't know who she is. Uh, Benedict Wong. He has been in a lot of different movies that I've seen, uh, Daniel Day Kim, of course, Sandra Oh, uh, Lucille Song. Um, who else is on this list? Those are probably the the big ones. Um, let's see. Sung Kang plays Dang Hai. He. I've also seen him in a few different things as well. So there's at least a good handful of actors that I'm I'm familiar with their work, and it's just so fun to try to figure out who was who just based on their voice. Um, So that was, that was very interesting to me. And I grew up uh, as a, as a young person, I would say I was between like 10 and maybe 15 or so. uh, We helped sponsor a Vietnamese family that was moving here and it was Kim and one. And I got to help them, establish their first house here, uh, go to school, learn English, driver's license, all of those kind of things. It was very interesting watching one uh, graduate, go on to college for nursing, get married, those kind of things. Um, But one of the benefits of that relationship with that family is on Sundays, we would take them to a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was a Vietnamese church. Um, and I would go for the service, but then afterwards it was a giant potluck and I love pho. I eat it two, three, four times a week. If I can, I'll make it at home. If I can't get out somewhere, um, it is, if I am on a desert Island and I can only have one type of food for the rest of my life, that is all I want. Um, love, love, love. And there's one place in Madison in particular that is very similar to what I grew up with, like the taste of the flavor of the broth. Um, and growing up, there was a restaurant that Kim would take my mom and I to. And then if I was really being good, Kim would make it for me at home and it would cook for days, you know, and you'd have to have the, the bone, um, so the marrow gets into the broth and then she would make egg rolls for us. And just, I can still taste them to this day. Um, so I was very comfortable and loved the Vietnamese culture that I got to know. And I only saw a small sliver of that culture. But when I got to be around Kim and Wan and, and when we would go to that church with them and I would get to talk with the different people there. It was, it was so touching to me uh, to hear their stories and to understand who they were as people. Um, so to see this movie reflect some of those same cultures was was great. I love seeing all the different cultures represented here. Um, the land of. Kumandra is inspired by Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Myanmar, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, and Laos. And also, the different fighting styles were based on different martial arts as well. There was um, Kali, Eskrima, Muay Thai, uh, Chris, a whole bunch of different, like it's based on actual actual martial arts styles. It's not just, oh, this would look kind of fun doing it this way. No, this character actually fights in that martial arts style. As a black belt in somebody that did study martial arts, I also like to see that as well. Um, So as I mentioned, my favorite character, I I mean, beyond the obvious was Tuk Tuk. Um, So first of all, I I don't know if he's a hedgehog. I don't know. He, because he rolls up in a little ball. So he's kind of armadillo, kind of hedgehog ish. Now that I think about it, hedgehog has spine. So he's not a hedgehog. So he's got to be like an armadillo ish type of guy. But in the beginning, he's so little. He's so teeny. And just the facial expressions and noises and stuff, I was like, I want myself a little tuck tuck. But anyway. He was created simply out of a necessity because the story, they needed a mode of transportation. She can't jump into a car. She can't get in a horse. You know. So how do, we, how do we have an animal that they are able to ride and get around? Um, and so that's how Tuk Tuk became a character. Uh, this film or animated movie was created, recorded, directed, and put together from home for everyone. Um, the entire, uh, not not the crew, but like the production team, they toured uh, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia to have a, an understanding of these cultures. So they could weave it into their story in a way that is respectful. And that actually shows the true culture of those areas. And, they spent a few weeks, you know, going around and understanding what they were going to be building in this world. And I think it was, it was amazing that they did that. And all of them were able to take those things away. They showed, if you ever have the chance, go and look on the extras in Disney, because you get to see all the behind the scenes and the, the extras. Um, you know, they got to taste the cuisine, understand where, These different countries get their their legends, their cultures, their food. You know all of those pieces and weave it into this movie. It is amazing to me that someone can sit down and sketch out. You know, they showed a guy in Cambodia. um, You know, it it almost looked like uh, 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 Angelina Jolie, uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. It kind of looked like the beginning of Tomb Raider where he was just sketching out. Um, some of those old temples and and areas. It just, it's amazing that people are that talented. But anyway, um, so the whole thing was written and then all of the actors had to set up their own little sound booth in their house in various ones, there was one that had it in their living room. One of them had a separate room. One was in a garage. One was in the backyard. And every now and then you'd be like, Oh, it's my cat. Sorry. And then they'd, you know, shoo a cat out of there and um, you know, and then they would have zoom calls where they would be directed digitally. And so that's a challenge in and of itself to get things to sound the same, to have that same quality um, and then you have all the animators working at home under different conditions than what they normally have. I can only imagine um, a buddy of mine is um, one of the, what do they call them, the industrial engineer, something at Disney. and you know, every building is designed in a certain way so that way their team has this perfect amount of light and they can do the job that that they're trying to do under the most ideal conditions. Well, Now I get to pack up and go home and deal with incandescent lighting and you know, natural lighting and all of those kind of things. It's just you know, there were so many challenges. So the fact that they were able to to do all of this um from home is just amazing to me. Uh it was delayed a little bit due to COVID, of course. Um And the one thing that struck me in the beginning of this movie, uh, she's talking to her dad and he says princess. And it, until that moment, it didn't strike me as, Oh my gosh, this is a a Disney princess. But then I thought about it and I'm like, she is a Disney princess, just like Moana and Cinderella. And you know, all of the other um, movies that have come out that have princesses. And I, you know, I think it's because she's not wearing a dress or a skirt. Um, that's probably probably why I see her that way. Um, they also, she also does not have a love interest. Um, so otherwise, in all the movies, it's you know they're always pining over some young man. Um, now, Kelly Marie Tran had a she has an opinion. That Nymira is Rhea's love interest. So that's an interesting thought. Disney has not confirmed or denied. But um, so it's possible there was a love interest there. Um, but uh, what else do we have here? Uh, there are, Rhea and Nymira are the first princesses in a Disney animated movie to never wear dresses or skirts uh, since Aladdin in 1992, because she wore that. Um, those, those pants, um, the, there's also no singing in this one. I'm not opposed to it. Now, don't get me wrong. When Moana's on, I sing. Um, you know, Moana is one of my favorites as well. And I'm not afraid to belt them out. Um, I, So I liked Susu, uh, you know, apparently translated roughly from Finnish. uh, It means strength of will. Um, And it's also supposed to be uh, that they are they are smart. They are, you know, because she's a deity um, and she is sort of all-knowing. So they say that Suzu is similar to other Disney characters like Genie from Aladdin. Um, you know, both are blue. They're uh, magical beings that are awakened by the protagonist after several centuries of dormancy. Both are self-aware of modern-day culture and technology. Both are fun, funny, friendly, compassionate, free-spirited, and wise. Now, Suzu is not dumb by any means. However, <laughs> You know, I got to think about the area where she's walking down the, the street buying on credit. It's one of my favorite. Like, oh, I'll take this on credit. Oh, I want this on credit. I love credit. And she had no idea how that actually worked. Um, it, it just kind of gave me a good laugh. Um, but really, you know, this was a great movie. It's one of those feel-good films Uh, definitely if you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's, it's right up there on one of my top Disney movies that I will continue to watch over and over again. So that's all I've got for now. Take care and be well.